You're focused on making important decisions to take your company to the next level. But who's counting? We are. Counting on trends and insight to move your business forward, operationally and strategically. Focused on helping executives achieve their highest potential. But Who's Counting is a podcast shedding light on and breaking down critical issues and opportunities for businesses. Brought to you by Anders CPAs and Advisors. Okay, welcome back to another episode of But Who's Counting. Our guest today is Jacques Lebeau. Jacques is one of the coolest guys I know because of his name. He's got the most interesting name of anyone I know, I think. But Jacques is also really good at what he does, and he is the Director of Talent um, at Ander CPAs and Advisors. So Jacques uh, works with candidates all the time looking for their next opportunities. So so Jacques, you've been in this game a long time. I guess give us an introduction to your background and then talk to us a little bit about you know kind of what you're seeing in the candidates you're talking to today. Sure. Thanks, Dave. I do feel like I've been doing this for a long time, some days more <laughs> than others. Um, but over 20 years of recruiting in kind of the St. Louis metro area, companies of all shapes and sizes, all okay. industries. Um, so I've been through, you know, the cycles that have happened in terms of uh, economy with Y2K, okay. um, you know, 9-11, the Great Recession, mm-hmm. and of course now this 100-year pandemic that we're uh, in the midst of. So uh, things change quite a bit mm-hmm. in each one of those cycles, you know, going into it during a downturn and then obviously the, the upside on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, this this is interesting. It's a different dynamic than I think anybody has seen before. And maybe a little bit of a perfect storm of uh, factors, baby boomers retiring, um obviously the pandemic and how that's affected companies of all shapes and sizes and and different industries. Um, And in unique ways that I haven't seen before, um, you know, for example, in the the Great Recession, everybody was impacted pretty equally. And in in this uh, pandemic, there have been companies that have thrived and have had their best years ever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes in surprising industries. So there's some restaurant companies that have done extremely well. Okay. They adapted and they did takeout or curbside pickup. Um, and then other companies that have gone out of business or struggled, you know, immensely. So it hasn't been the same for anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and and are you seeing a lot of movement from the companies that did well versus the companies that didn't? Are you seeing people at the companies that struggled during the pandemic that they're more likely to look or kind of what trends are you seeing from that perspective? You know, there, uh, th- that's the funny thing about this. There isn't really a one size fits all for any of them. Um, we see companies uh, that are the big Amazon type companies that are hiring in record numbers, but there are also some of the smaller companies that have hired proportionately. So they've maybe doubled in size or doubled in size. So there are uh, clients that are hiring at all levels and uh, most industries uh, other than the ones that have maybe lagged a little bit because of the pandemic with accessibility like restaurants and, you know, uh, some of the retail um, foot traffic type stores, um, some of the travel industry, airlines, things. Like yeah. One of the things that I think, you know, you mentioned baby boomers, boomers retiring. And I think one of the interesting things that I'm seeing is, you know, probably more business owners who fit in that baby boomer era are talking about not working anymore and selling their businesses and moving on to what's next. Um, I don't know if that's a, you know, something related to the pandemic or it was inevitable, but maybe it's been accelerated. Um, But I think one of the challenges also that, you know, especially because what I see in the media, but you have the conversations every day. I mean, 
are there's just not enough people out there to do the work that needs to get done. Um, not enough people coming in, more retiring. So I guess, what are you seeing on that front? And are you seeing differences in who's looking in terms of you know, are, are people later in stages of their career, are they looking to, or is it mostly sort of people newer to, you know, coming out in the professional world? What are you seeing from that perspective? Uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. So there are people who are later in their careers who are empowered by some of this change to start something new mm-hmm. and go a completely different direction. Uh, there are, you know, younger candidates coming out of school or maybe out of their first job and they're starting to reevaluate some things. So it's it's all kind of happening at once. The speed of business is faster than ever. Technology is affecting business positively and negatively kind of across the board. And uh, I think there's a feeling out there where people are looking for meaning out of their work. Mm-hmm. So they don't just want to go into a job and work, you know, 40 plus hours a week and not f- like they're valued or feel like they're making an impact. And I think a lot of that is being driven by kind of the the younger generations coming up, uh, but certainly bleeding into people at all levels and all ages where they're taking this opportunity to look at what they're doing and are they getting that meaning from the work? Uh, do they feel like they're valued at their company? Do they feel like um, they're empowered to make decisions and have flexibility and work within their the rest of their life, get their work life to fit in with the rest of what they have going on? Um, and all of that, I think everybody's kind of taken a step back and tried to reevaluate what's important to me, what do I want to have for my next 10 years or next 20 years or 30 years, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So what are you seeing in terms of, you know, you you interact with candidates every day. What are you seeing in terms of, you know, you read a lot in the media that, you know, people are demanding flexibility. They want to work from home. I guess when you talk to candidates on a daily basis, what do you hear from them? What is it that you're hearing that's causing them to look? And then also, what is it that they're really value. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are looking for that flexibility and a lot of people are looking for that remote work. Um, but again, it's not a one size fits all. So there are people that during this time would then be forced to work remote have realized that maybe they don't necessarily enjoy working remote a hundred percent of the time. Okay. So, uh, all the research that I've seen and the studies that I've that I've read, uh, most people favor a hybrid environment mm-hmm. where they're in the office some of the time, working remotely some of the time. Okay. Um, use the word, people are demanding you know, remote work. And I think that that has come across with a lot of people I've talked to. It's been a bit of a demand where I, I will look, I will move to something else, but it has to be remote or I have to have the flexibility to do this or do that. And I think that for the most part, the candidate pool realizing that they hold the power right now okay, uh, because of the shortage of labor and uh, accessibility to candidates. So companies are making those decisions of how flexible can we be? Uh, what can we do that's different? Um, how does that impact the rest of the workforce that we already have on staff that's used to doing the, in the office 40 hours a, work, a week? Um, it affects compensation. What do we have to pay to get somebody new versus what we've been paying our people? Yeah, let's, let's talk compensation for a second. I guess, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, do, do candidates feel confident in what they're asking for? Or do they come to you and say, I know the market's hot. Here's what I do. What am I worth? Help me find something. Kind of what what are you hearing when when people approach you and as they work through the process? Yeah, I think I think that most people are not confident when they talk about compensation. Okay. So I think that there there's a lot of information out there for people to digest 
that says you're worth more, you should ask for more today. So I think they've got a level of confidence to ask for more. But when it comes down to the conversation, I think it's intimidating for most everybody, really. Yeah. Um, Pretty important topic. Very important topic. Right. And so I think most people are wanting to shoot for the moon, but if they don't quite hit that level, they feel like they've gotten more than they would have gotten. So I think people are asking for everything today. Um, and some people are making their decisions based on getting everything. And some people are kind of that middle ground of, you know, I didn't get everything I was asking for, but I got the majority. And so I'm going to make them make the jump. They're giving me more flexibility than I have now. They're giving me some more money than I have now. That combined fits better with my lifestyle. Kids at home, you know, uh, the whole COVID, um, you know, our schools open, our schools closed. Do we have to quarantine? That That's a big burden to manage. And I think that's where people are plugging that flexibility uh, to the rest of their life. Got it. And so do you, do you see a difference in terms of, you know, just, just how people feel about work? In terms of, are they excited about work? Are they depressed about work? Is are you getting a different vibe just in terms of where where people's mindset is yeah, as of today? I, my opinion is that people are exhausted, um, and in many cases, I don't think that they even realize the level of exhaustion that they have. Um, so everybody's just kind of gone about their business and been a good been a good employee, autopilot, autopilot. Just Yep. Keep plugging away. Every day, go to work, get the work done, survive, get it to the next day. And I I think that once we come to the end of all of this and the markets kind of correct themselves, um, I think you'll see some of that start to come out. And maybe that's a little bit of why people are quitting jobs today in record number uh, without having something else as a backup plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people just have been put through the ringer in a lot of cases and been asked to do things that were way above and beyond and extra stress of the uncertainty of what's happening with, you know, uh, pandemic and um, stimulus and how all of that affects, you know, everybody over the kitchen table. Okay. So how should, in, in today's era, what should businesses do differently to attract candidates? I guess what's changed about the process in terms of you know, in the old days, you do a post, you'd get 100 resumes, you'd weed through it, you'd bring people in the office, interview, get it shortlist, make an offer, etc. How is that changing? Do you see our candidates still surfacing? Are candidates even looking and responding to job posts? When you work with, so part of your business, you work with candidates. But the flip side of that is that you also work with businesses trying to attract candidates. So what are you seeing in terms of, you know, if we have a listener that they've posted stuff and nobody is responding? Is that what everybody is experiencing or kind of what are, what are you seeing both from the candidates and from the businesses on the attraction side? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Conversations I have with business owners all the time is I think they feel like it's just them. Okay. So I can't tell you the number of times they've said, you know, normally we post a job and we get plenty of candidates and we interview candidates. We find one or two that we really like and we make an offer. Um, And now we're not getting anything for the post. And I think that that's just knowing that it's not you, <laughs> that it's everybody's kind of in the same boat. Right. Everybody, um, we're all facing the same issues. Yeah, I think okay. that's comforting to some degree. I mean, it doesn't really help solve the problem, but it, at least you know it's not just you or it's not just your company. Um, so it, it, it creates um, an opportunity to be more creative. All right. Um, you know, with technology changing, you know, the old days it used to be put an ad in the paper that was replaced by putting an ad on a job board. Right. Um, the thing with the job board is everybody kind of looks the same. So a job posting from a small family owned company versus a large publicly traded company usually takes occupies about the same amount of space on a job board. So it becomes name recognition. It becomes 
some of the sizzle. Um, and so posting that used to yield a lot doesn't yield much now. Okay. So maybe it's referrals or maybe it's working your network. Um, for a lot of companies, it's using a recruiter for the first time um, and trying to understand how that works and how to navigate that process. But for the most part, um, there's just a very small pool for each for each open. Mm-hmm. And that poses a particularly uh, higher level of complexity for a large company who's trying to hire 20 people, for example, um, versus a company that may be just be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a very small talent pool to choose from, to find one's a little bit easier sometimes than trying to find multiple out of that. Um, but it's, it's a challenge for everybody. And it leads to Longer lead time if you're going to hire somebody, um, if it's a growth position or replacement position, or you have somebody who's retiring, a lot of retirements right now. But if you have somebody retiring and you know that that's going to happen six months from now, um, a lot of companies used to wait to closer to that time to make that decision. Right. And so, so what is the timing? If, you're, if, you, if you've got somebody on your team, they're thinking about retirement, when do you need to start that process? I guess in, the, in kind of pre-pandemic, it took X and now you should really yeah. look at taking Y because it's, I mean, has that changed in terms of, does it now take twice as long? Yeah. I, I've heard people say that they were going to change. So pre-pandemic or uh, when candidates were more plentiful, people would wait, even though they knew it was going to be a year till the person was retiring. Right. They would talk about it. Mm-hmm. We really need to do something, right? But then it would be six. We months know this. We know months. this is coming. So yeah. we need to. Everybody has great intentions to to work on those things, but most people put it off right. until it was staring them in the face. Okay. Um, and now I think people unfortunately still have some of the same habits, um, but they don't have the luxury. So if you waited, you know, nine months to where there's three months left and the person's going to walk out your door, right? You have three months to get somebody hired, and if you have a pool of people to choose from, you can get that done. Okay. Uh, but today, it might take months and months to get to that point. All right. And you could run into the retirement date coming, and you still don't have your person. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had a client that has said, okay, this this is what we're going to do, and this is the plan. And then you go back and check on them six months later, and they're like, well, we didn't hire until anybody until a week before, and so we only had one week of overlap. Yeah. So now we've got the former person. And on a, as a contractor or as a consultant helping us through. So I think this process, number one, it's hard to find and attract the candidate, but the timing is taking longer. And so that kind of jeopardizes a whole bunch of things throughout the process. Absolutely. So, so the, the short answer is sooner than later, as soon as you know um, that the person's going to be retiring, you put a plan in place and you have accountability, you have a uh, kind of a schedule. By this point, we want to have this done. By this point, this done and kind of stick to that. What are the things that they should think about that would help them sizzle and attract the candidates that they really want to get? Yeah, I think it's the story. And it's not going to fit for everybody. But if it's a high growth environment, um, that's going to attract a certain type of candidate. If it's a stable company that hasn't laid anybody off through the pandemic, that may be attractive to somebody who's looking for stability. So whatever the story is, it's telling the story. Okay, You know, third generation, um, accelerated growth. Uh, for the last three years consecutive, uh, whatever it is that tells your story. Yeah. Okay. As we wrap up today's episode, it's now time for our Make It Count segment, where we summarize one key takeaway for business executives to count on. What are the two or three changes that if a business owner, it's like, I, I can't deal with all of this, but I know I need to do something. What are the two or three things that you think of that businesses really need to think about changing 
in today's environment? Uh, I think you have to be decisive. Um, decisive in terms of when you get a candidate and you like them, you have to act quickly? Yep, you have to act quickly. Okay. And that's all stages. So when you see a candidate resume that's attractive, you need to make that actionable right away to get in front of them, a video interview, in-person interview, um, telephone interview, make some contact. And I have clients that say, well, I can get to that next week. Mm-hmm. Carve out a little bit of time and have uh, a quick conversation. First of all, you probably know um, in a short conversation whether there's interest in moving forward or not. But you're starting to develop a little bit of rapport with that person and telling a little bit more of your story okay. to keep that person's interest because there will be other people clawing at that same person. So you want to try and get in their head a little bit early and tell your story a little bit more. Okay. Um, So telling the story is key. Timing is key. What would be your third major takeaway? Then you have to be, you you have to think differently than you've thought before. So you have to be flexible. Um, If they're looking for more vacation, um, you have to start having those conversations internally before you get to the point where you're offering someone addition. So uh, whatever flexibilities that you can put in place or would be attractive. And that's part of having the conversation with the candidate, what are you looking for and trying to find some good middle ground where it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but understanding that's a challenge. And if you have people that have been working for years at X amount of salary mm-hmm. and this person's asking for X plus, um, that can upset the apple cart. So right. a lot of those discussions you need to have uh, proactively and as you're in the process and, and ideally process so that when you get to that point with a candidate that you like, there's not a delay in discussing those things at that point. You already have a plan that's actionable. Good. Okay. Well, great. Our guest today has been Jacques Lebeau. Jacques is Director of Talent at Anders CPAs and Advisors. So Jacques, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to But Who's Counting. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think by rating and reviewing. Connect with me, Dave Hartley, on LinkedIn and keep up with more Anders insights by following us on social media through the handles in the show notes. We'll see you next time. And thanks again, Jacques. Thank you.